0: what is up everyone it's quinn here and in today's video i'm going to be going through five different tips to help you guys dominate your fantasy football drafts these are tips that can apply to beginner drafters or people who are definitely more experienced in fantasy football like these are things that are important if you're just starting out but these are also things that you know i continue to use as i go into all of my fantasy drafts so diving into five tips let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section if you enjoy the content do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. It really does help me out a ton. But the first tip here, it's probably gonna seem obvious, but it's gonna be understand your league settings. So obviously, you know, the thing that probably comes to mind here would be like your scoring settings. So PPR, half point PPR, standard scoring, obviously that's going to impact the way you draft. Same thing with four point per passing touchdown compared to six. You know, the uh, more pocket passers are going to be benefited by six point per passing touchdown. The rushing guys are going to take a little bit of a hit. But the thing I want to uh, point out more in this uh, kind of tip would be the number of teams and the starting lineup format that you have in your leagues. These are also things that should definitely be impacting your strategy. So for example, like having an elite quarterback or an elite tight end becomes much more valuable the smaller your league is. So, you know, a quarterback or a tight end that's top tier, Kelsey, Andrews, um, Mahomes, Allen, Hertz, even like Lamar Fields, all of those guys, those players become more valuable and should be pushed up draft boards. If you're in an eight team league or a 10 team league compared to you drafting in like a 12 or a 14 team league, those elite quarterbacks and tight ends are also gonna be more valuable in a league where you have a shallower starting lineup. So if you're just like, you know, hopping into an ESPN league or a Yahoo league, these settings are probably gonna be two running backs, two wide receivers, you know, a quarterback tight end, and then you have your flex. If you have a shallow starting lineup like that, quarterback and tight end are going to be very, very valuable because they become like a bigger piece of your starting lineup. If you have a ton of flex options, they start to lose value, right? So if you're in a league where you have two running backs, two wide receivers, three flexes, having an elite quarterback and tight end isn't as big of a deal, um, you know, in that type of format. I also think if you're playing in a league with a shallow starting lineup, like I said, two running backs, two wide receivers, um, one flex, then I think a more balanced start can kind of benefit you in your fantasy drafts, like a strategy like zero RB where you can fill a ton of flexes with your wide receivers. That type of strategy probably isn't gonna fare well when there's only one flex because you're neglecting a huge chunk of your starting lineup by not drafting an early ground running back. So that's gonna be my first tip, um, just understanding your league settings and kind of adjusting your strategy based on both the scoring settings, but then also the number of teams in your league and your uh, roster setups. And then the second tip is going to be getting familiar with your platform's ADP. This is something I don't think a lot of people do. And this is something I've definitely talked about. Like I had videos specifically on ESPN um, and Yahoo, just talking about differences in their ADP and some values you can find on each of those platforms. And when you just go platform to platform, there can be extreme differences in both the ADP on those sites and the overall rankings, right? Like you have the ADP where people are getting drafted, but then you also have the rankings that the site kind of gives you which is what a lot of people are looking at to just kind of find like the next best player available. Even checking the ADP like 30 minutes before your draft can hugely benefit you, you know, actually going in and drafting the best possible team. You're able to look at some potential values that could fall, right? Like maybe you'd be willing to take someone in the third round, but on ESPN, they're ranked as like a sixth rounder. Then instead of reaching in the third round, you have the opportunity to draft them, maybe the fourth or the fifth round where you're still getting a value um, but you know, you're able to get them later than you probably would have drafted them in the first place. And I think the greatest edge you can actually get by this is by looking at like the double digit round picks. There are going to be extreme values at both the running back and the wide receiver position on most sites, Yahoo, ESPN, you can get some crazy fallers, which can lead to you just putting together an absolutely stacked bench. Um, Like For example, on ESPN, Rashad Bateman's ADP is 213. That's like 100 plus picks lower than on a money site like Underdog. You've got on NFL Fantasy, Elijah Moore's ADP is 230. I mean, that's got to be like 100 plus, again, um, ADP difference from a money league like underdog fantasy football. And these are players where if you're on the board, you're looking at the top 10, 20 players available, they probably wouldn't even pop up as potential picks because they're so buried on the ADP and you just wouldn't even see them if you didn't notice them ahead of time. So being able to recognize those values before you're scrambling on the clock, I think can really help you in your drafts. And like I said, you can build just some dominant benches and depth options in like your ESPN and Yahoo fantasy football drafts, whereas everyone else is just looking at some of the best players available, which probably isn't the sharpest in terms of ranking and ADP. I also think understanding the ADP of your platform can kind of shift your early draft strategy. I'm always someone who likes to go best player available, but there are certain spots where you may you know, want to make a little bit of an exception. Like for example, if on your platform, running backs just fly off the board and you just don't think they are going to be any quality options after round two, I have like that group from number four to number seven, where you have Bijan, Eckler, Hill, Cooper Cup. I really feel like you could go with any of those guys, but maybe if you hate the running back value in like after rounds one and two, maybe then you go with Bijan and Eckler or Eckler over, you know, a wide receiver like Tyreek Hill or Cooper Cup, or maybe on a different platform, you love the value at running back in rounds like three through five. You can get a falling Ramondre, a falling Brees Hall, Uh, maybe Damian Pierce is going like four or five turn area. So in that case, you may want to go with one of those wide receivers early on if you have those players super uh, close together in your rankings. So that is going to be the second tip. Now, tip three is going to be be flexible with your draft strategy. I've put out a bunch of different draft strategy videos this off season, and I always try to make sure I say like you should never go into a draft locked into this strategy even if you watch one of my videos, whether it's zero RB, hero RB, double hero RB, and you're like, I like the way these drafts played out, you know, I wanna do this. It's good to have that draft kind of like in your repertoire, but you should never be, you know, like ready. The uh, draft starts, you're on the clock, and you're like, I'm going hero RB, I'm going double hero RB. Like you should never be in that position. You should pretty much be drafting like best player available through, I'd say like, the first like, four ish rounds. And then you can kind of figure it out. So if you go best player available, and then you end up with two stud running backs and around one and two, then cool, you know, you can run a double hero RB build from there. But in a different draft, your best player available may end up with one running back through four rounds, bunch of wide receivers, you know, then you can execute a different type of draft strategy, you go best player available, And then you kind of can use a strategy moving forward, but you should never be locked into it because then you're just gonna end up losing out on a ton of value. um, And you're just kind of like locking yourself in for no reason. So that's gonna be tip number three. Now moving over to tip number four, this is going to be reading the draft board. And this is going to be more important if you're picking like at the beginning or in the end of the round. It's going to be kind of tough to read the board if you're in the middle, just because there's so much variance that could happen, you know, with a ton of teams on each side of you. But I think there are going to be two different ways you can kind of gain an edge here by reading the draft board. The first would be anticipating what position your league mates are going to take or probably more importantly, like what positions they're not going to take. So for example, say you're picking at like the three spot and pick one and two, go with Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts in round two, you're on the clock in the fourth round, you're choosing between Justin Fields and like a different position player you like, it's probably very unlikely that the Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts teams are going to pick fields at the four or five turn. It's not impossible but it's pretty unlikely. So if you have Fields and this other guy kind of in the same range, um, you can go out, you can pick the other position because you have a pretty decent chance that Justin Fields is going to fall back to you. Whereas if you don't read that draft board, you pick Justin Fields in round four, um, even though he would have fallen to round five, then you probably are going to lose out on that other top position guy because there are going to be four picks before you are back up on the board. And then the other way I think you can kind of gain the system here and read the draft board would be kind of combining reading the draft board and using the platform's ADP. So say you're picking close to the turn. You really like two players. You don't really have a super strong lean either way. If one player is like the highest ranked guy on the platform, you know, he's like the next best available and the other guy's kind of buried a little bit. I think it just makes sense to, to get the highest ranked guy first, because the odds of those guys picking after you, snagging that guy that's ranked lower is gonna be you know not as likely as them going out and picking the highest ranked guy. And then moving in to the fifth and final tip, it would just be understanding optimal roster construction. So this is kind of tied into don't be locked into a draft strategy but once you're kind of through the first four-ish rounds, then you can kind of figure it out. So after you go best player available early on, you can kind of start to figure out what type of team your uh, you know build is gonna be. So for example, if you go running back heavy early on, you should probably end up hammering the wide receiver depth throughout the rest of your draft, right? Like if you go three running backs through four rounds, you probably don't need to end your draft with six, seven running backs. You may be able to get away with, I mean, you may be able to get away with just three, you know, maybe four, probably at most five. But if you're neglecting the wide receiver position, you probably don't want to continue hammering those running backs in the later rounds. If you already have three guys that you trust in your starting lineup. Um, If you go zero RB, you should be hammering the running back position later on. Like if you, you know, hit quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, you neglect the running back position, and you finish the draft with three running backs who all probably aren't gonna be very great, that's probably not gonna be setting you up for success. I also feel pretty strongly that if you're drafting in your normal like 12 team leagues where you have a normal number of bench spots, you know, five, six players on the bench, and if you go out and you pick a high-end quarterback or a high-end tight end, even like a mid to high-end option at those positions, I really just do not see the incentive of rostering a backup. Like, why would you draft Russell Wilson if you just drafted Justin Herbert? Like, when is Russell Wilson ever going to start over Justin Herbert, barring an injury or a bye week? Same thing. Like, when are you ever going to start a guy like Gerald Everett over Darren Waller? it just is very unlikely that that's ever going to happen. And even if they do get hurt or they do get injured, the difference between like Russell Wilson and the next best quarterback on waivers or Gerald Everett and some random tight end on waivers, the difference probably isn't going to be too extreme. But by rostering those backup options, you're losing opportunities to roster handcuff running backs who could immediately become startable due to an injury or like wide receivers with some upside in the later rounds, some potential like darts on rookies. I just don't think it makes a ton of sense there. If you go like late round quarterback or late round tight end and you snag like Kincaid and Tyler Higbee, or you go, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Anthony Richardson, I totally get that. I think that's a pretty strong idea, right? Like you punt the position, you get two options that could end up being startable. This is just for if you have a player you're very confident in, then I don't get the point of drafting a backup. I kind of think you're just wasting picks, especially on platforms like I've talked about ESPN, Yahoo, where you can get some great um, you know, value options later on in drafts. You're kind of just losing out on an edge over your league mates by getting those backups. So I think that also kind of factors into optimal roster construction. So that's gonna wrap it up for my five tips just to run through them again. Understand your league settings, get familiar with your platform's ADP, be flexible with your draft strategy, read the draft board during your draft, and then understand optimal roster construction. So those are gonna be my five tips. Let me know what you guys are thinking down below in the comment section. Hopefully you guys can implement these and dominate your fantasy drafts. Um, So you know, yeah, thank you all for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.